I was reading this, but yeah, he wrote that on the fly in the studio. That's crazy. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Today, my guest is Kwabi from the Peace Bus. Kwabi, I'm going to just say hello. Thank you for being here. And I'm going to be quiet now. And I'm going to let you tell us how you got the Peace Bus started. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Scott. I'm so honored to be here on Explore Washington. You're amazing. I like your guys' stuff. I'm a fan. And yeah, if I want to get straight into it, the Peace Bus. The Peace Bus, how did that get started? Well, it started in 2019. Um, I was in grad school at the time and I was uh, studying business and I thought to myself, well, I'm here in school and I'm doing what I need to do essentially, but I was still feeling unfulfilled. Right. And so um, actually that was a few years before that, but basically I wanted to promote peace. Right. And I was inspired by a gentleman by the name of A.B. Nathan. Now, have you heard of A.B. Nathan, Scott? I have not. Okay, so A.B. Nathan was an Israeli humanitarian. Uh, he was around in his heyday in like the 60s and 70s, and he flew an airplane from Israel all the way to Cairo, Egypt, to promote better relations between Arabs and Jews. And so he used a vehicle in order to promote peace. His, his plane was called Peace One. And so I actually wanted to be a peace pilot. I wanted to be uh, the first person to circumnavigate the globe in promotion of world peace. So I started taking flight lessons. But Oh, very cool. Okay. As yeah, it was really cool. All my instructors were kind of like, "What? you want to fly for peace? You don't want to be a commercial pilot? I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to do it for peace. They thought it was crazy. But I found out very quickly that uh, flight lessons are very expensive. So I had to put that on hold. It's for a later date. But for the time being, I thought, what if I could just get a vehicle? I have a driver's license already. So I sought out to get a VW bus. Found out that VW buses, they're made before 1982. And I didn't know that vehicles before 1982, they don't, their VIN numbers don't correlate with the Carfax. So if I were to get a vehicle before 1982, I don't know what's under the hood unless I knew the person personally. So I thought as far as like helping me and my cause, I should get like a newer vehicle. And I went to Vashon Island. I went to Vashon Island and I talked with this guy named Jake. And uh, Jake, he's an awesome guy. And I told him I wanted a peace vehicle. He had a Mitsubishi 1988 van. And hold on a second. I get a lot of calls every day. (laughs) It's all good. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I got a, he had a 1988 van, Mitsubishi. And I bought it from him for about 3,200 bucks and um, got it painted blue and put the peace bus on the side and started driving it around town. The idea at first was just to promote peace, right? Mm -hmm. And then... In the peace bus, there's a space where there should be seats, but there's nothing. So I thought, why not use that space in order to give aid and give goods to people in the community that needed it? And that's how the humanitarian aid aspect of the peace bus got started. I thought to myself, well, a lot of people think humanitarian aid, you have to go to Southeast Asia or Africa. In those places, that is aid as well. But people need help right here in Washington state. So I thought of doing that. And then the rest is history. There's so much from there, but that's like the origin. So in doing some reading about you, there was this mention that you started spending your Saturdays in Wright Park. Was that, yes. did that predate the bus? Yes. So that's when okay. I started peace campaigning. That was in grad school. Um, I was feeling unfulfilled, like I explained before. And I thought I came across this guy named 
Brian Ha. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have not. Okay, so Brian Ha was uh, a Londoner, a regular guy there just living his life. And um, he became very interested in the military sanctions that were happening in Iran and Iraq that the, the U.S. and the U.K. military were putting on the country. And because of these these sanctions, uh, women and children were dying, right, because of lack of food and, and nutrients. And he just was completely distraught of the of the idea of, of this happening. And he left his work behind and started camping outside of Parliament Square. And he did this for 11 years, promoting peace. He had his own peace camp, different images saying peace and love towards all people. Completely inspired by the guy. I thought, well, if Brian can be out and have a peace camp for 11 years, the least mm-hmm. I can do is go to the park and like bring some peace posters. I wish I had them with me. Um, but I have peace posters. One says love, peace, and justice for all. The other one says war is not the answer. Say no to violence. And I went to Wright Park and I had a little table. Actually, the table that I'm um, I'm sitting at right now. And okay. I have my radio. And I don't know where that's at either. But I have my radio. <laughs> and I play some classical music. And people would, they would come to my table and they'd say, well, what are you selling? I'm, I'm not selling anything. I want to have a conversation with you about peace. And they were just like, what? Like, who does that? And I was like, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And so through that dialogue, I got a good basis and understanding with what peace means to people. I traveled, went to Europe, brought my posters with me, went to major cities, walked around, asked the same question. What does peace mean to you to create an idea of what it means? An overall consensus, I'd say. So did you find that does peace have different meanings in the in Tacoma versus, say, in Europe? Yeah, that is that is that is huge. Um, Grant, I've asked tons and tons of people, I would say in the hundreds, and it varies. But the constants, there are a few constants that I've heard around the world. And I would say that most people believe that creating a peaceful society relies on every person having the necessities of life. That's food, clothes and shelter. That's a basis in which we can gravitate around and get embedded with. Okay. So started in Wright Park here in Tacoma. Yes. Well, yes. They're in Tacoma. Let's be mm. fair. I'm not, I'm not in Tacoma right now. Uh-huh. So they're in Tacoma. And then you traveled Europe. You've now got the, now we trans flash forward to the peace bus. You uh-huh. bought the bus. You've been renovating the bus, if you will, painting it. You know, Cause it's in all the photos. It looks like it's in pretty good shape. It is. It is. It is. Um, I think that ja- the, uh, the Japanese make really good cars. <laughs> yeah. Really yes, good they do. Cars. And um, I've had only a few maintenance problems with it. I take it to the shop maybe twice a year. I'm going to be taking it to the shop next week just to get checked up. We have a really big uh, journey ahead of us, as I will mm-hmm. explain later, for the next humanitarian aid campaign. And in that, I'm going to need the Peace Bus to be on its A-game. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a good and durable vehicle. And I'm just happy to be able to have it and to share peace with others. It, it's it's basically my life's ambition. So how has that been received? Is it, I mean, not to be cynical, but hmm. if you, it seems like the media does its best to be, make us divisive. It, it seems like that, that seems to be the, the underlying cause these days of media is to agitate, mm-hmm. not to consolidate. Gotcha. That's gotcha. how I f- interpret things. Gotcha. But when you're actually talking to folks one-on-one, it seems like we all have the same thing in mind. It's really weird. Like you and I are having this conversation, everything you've said so far, I'm nodding my head. I am in hundred percent agreement with you. I, you know, you got me, I'm on board. 
but yet you go to the media and then you're told that that's not possible. So you've talked to hundreds of people. I have not. Am I, am I correct in my assessment that one-on-one we all are agreeing on the basic tenets of things? Well, I think to take a step back, I think there's a couple of things that we have to look at, look at in regards to the media. I think overall in our society, we have this hush hush nature when it comes to good things. It's really interesting. If something bad happens, you know, we have our eyes on it, but if someone does a good deed, we tell that person, don't talk about it. Sort of like, let it, let it be, you know, and there is a time and place to be humble, but there's mm-hmm. so much good happening in the world that people just don't talk about because they want to either be humble or they don't want people to know about it. But just as we promote the bad things going on, we need just as much promotion of the good things. And to, to go into, to talk about, um, the aspect of talking with others and, and the overall consensus of, of what peace means, I think, um, I think basically we have so many commonalities. We share the commonality of the safety of ourselves and our loved ones. We want that. Everyone wants that. Okay. We share a notion of we, we want to hope for a better humanity and have faith in humanity that we'll, we'll get it, get it together. I mean, we have to, or we won't. And, and then it will fall bad. So I think that these are sort of the basis in which we can align ourselves on. And now that we understand that, or maybe now that, you know, people are promoting that, it is time now to come together based off of those values. I'm trying to think there's somebody on Facebook and I, he, he was the lead singer of the talking heads, David Byrne. You, you're familiar with that person? Yeah. Yeah. He has, and I can't find it and I'm trying to find it. So I'm stalling. This is what stalling sounds like everybody. Um, he, <laughs> he has a, uh, a Facebook page that, for the life of me, I cannot find, and I'm going to find it where it's talking about good, good things that are mm-hmm. happening everywhere in the communities, things that are, and you know, there used to be that old adage, if it bleeds, it leads. So, you know, good news doesn't sell advertising. And I'm trying to think what that is. Reasons to be cheerful. Have you seen that on Facebook? No, I never heard of it. I'm going to write yeah, reasons, to, reasons to be cheerful. It's a, an online editorial project sharing stories of solutions and positive change. Okay. It's pretty cool. And, you know, like, for example, um, I'm just scr- scrolling here, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's just lots of posts. They post a lot of things on there. And it's it's always about a community, pro- primarily communities that are doing something good. Similar to like how I interpret what you're doing. So I think it's yeah. I think it's. That concept is actually the basis of our TV show that we, we came out with a TV show pilot for kids. And uh-huh. the basis of that is, is the good news network. Right. Okay. And, right. and so in this world that the peace bus world we've created, there's a news station that's completely dedicated to good news. And me, I'm the, I'm the reporter in the show and my buddy, Simon, who's a puppet, we are the, the reporters on the ground level. And we're going out trying to find good news, but it's hard to find, right? It's hard to find, but we end up making a bad problem good by helping that person out, and then we report the good news. So that's the basis of the of the TV show. We'll see what happens with the whole show in general. <laughs> so yeah, where where are you at with the show? Because on your website, there's a a little blurb about you guys and you you're wrestling the camera away from him because he's he's you know, and at the very end is all static. You know, it's like mm-hmm. so. Where are you guys at with with the TV show? What's the what's yeah. the prognosis? Well, that all got started with um. I started going to elementary schools, talking to kids about nonviolence. And one of the news stations reached out to me and they're like, Hey, 
we see that you're going to schools. It's really cool. Have you thought about the Peace Bus being something like a show? And I was like, no, I haven't really thought of that. And they're like, hey, well, if you think of something, maybe we'll help promoting it, promote it. And I was like, okay, so now I got to write a show because they're thinking about promoting it. And <laughs> I wrote this idea of, I wrote the script of the Peace Bus being a show that educates kids on homelessness, poverty, incarceration, racism, the environment, good stuff that we need to know about, right? Right. Um, and in a way that kids can digest it uh, safely, right? And um, in the winter of 2019 or, two th- yeah, 2020, no, 2020, we started filming it. And mm-hmm. um, right now we have the pilot episode completely done and we're three-fourths done with episode two. Uh, we've been talking with PBS about it getting uh, on local PBS, KBTC here in Tacoma. And then mm-hmm. if we get it on there, we'll see if people like it. If they like it, then they're going to help us pitch it to big PBS. So we'll see. Um, but right now, it's kind of on a, I don't say, want to say it's on a back burner. It's, there are other pressing issues in my mind in regards to the peace bus that we want to address and, okay. and that goes towards the humanitarian aid. And as you know, and as we a lot of people know, humanitarian aid is seeking to fix or to help something that's in dire need. And I feel mm-hmm. that in this moment, there's a dire need of understanding each other and humanizing each other right now. So show will come later. Right now, we have to address the issues. Okay. So let's. how did you get started going to elementary schools? What What was the... Cause that's pretty cool that you're taking the time out of your, your work day and you're going to talk to young kids that are impressionable and good impressions are important. This is true. So how did you get, how'd you get started doing that? Well, um, that sort of links me to the trip. So I'll talk about that maybe later. We took a trip, the, me and a few of the peace crew members to the border of Mexico to interview border patrol agents about the immigration crisis, which that is a whole story in itself. But when we got mm-hmm. back home, a lot of the news stations were like, how, like, how did you do this? How did this, what did you do and how did this happen? And so I got on the news quite a bit. I was on uh, uh, Northwest Now with Margaret Larson and talked talk to her about the journey. And through that publicity, I started reaching out to elementary schools and I was like, hey, you know, I, I've been on TV. I talked to kids about peace. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they go on TV or they go online. They see that it happened. They're like, oh, you're credible. We'll have you come in, talk about your journey. And so through that, that's when I start, got my foot in the door with going to elementary schools, going to middle schools. And I have this thing called the Peace Ball. I wish I had it with me as well. And it's basically, <laughs> it's a beach ball, right? Mm-hmm. But on every panel has a question to do with nonviolence, peace, kindness, togetherness. How can I be a better friend? What is friendship? And we pass around the classroom. Granted, this is pre-COVID. We pass around the classroom. And sooner or later, we're having a conversation about peace. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's really cool. (laughs) Well, COVID has, you know, impacted everybody in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And you did something at Christmas time. Yeah. 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 Sure did. Um, This last Christmas. So in November 1st, I announced to the city of Tacoma that I would be becoming Santa Claus for the city of Tacoma, that any kid in the greater Tacoma area, Lakewood, Parkland, Tacoma, um, University Place, they could send me a letter about what they've done throughout the year to promote love, compassion, and peace with those around them and their family and friends. And then they could ask me for a gift, $50 or under, and I would get it for them, whatever it was. 
So I got okay. hundreds and hundreds of letters, Scott, tons of letters that came in the mail to me. And I read them all. Oh my gosh, I read them all. It was a, it was a lot. And <laughs> yeah, I went throughout the stores in Tacoma. I went on Amazon, went on sometimes on eBay, and I got all of these presents. Um, it was over 300 presents. Um, and yeah, me and my friends on Christmas night, I dressed up like Santa Claus and my friends dressed up like elves and we delivered all these presents to the kids in Tacoma all in one night, just like Santa Claus would do. You delivered over 300, we'll call it 300 packages in one night. Yeah. And it was crazy to, to, to hear the things the kids wanted. A girl, one girl wanted a hamster. So I went to Petco, got her hamster, a whole cage, all the food and, uh, different toys for the hamster showed up at her doorstep in Christmas night, uh, uh, Christmas Eve and had it. And she was like, mind blown. Like, this is crazy. You actually got me a hamster. I was like, yeah, that's what you asked for. Another girl wanted a pan. She wanted to become a chef when she gets older, showed up at her doorstep. Her father was crying. He was like, that's all she talks about becoming a chef. And, you know, we don't really have the means towards getting the stuff she needs, but she's going to start now with her pan her new pan. And so it's just a blessing to be able to bless others, you know? That's awesome. So what other sort of, what, what else were kids asking for? I, I hadn't thought about in those terms. What, <laughs> yeah. Those are cool. Like what else were they asking for? Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of skateboards gave out a lot of skateboards. Um, <laughs> I would say probably yeah, the most unique thing was the hamster. I got asked some things that are just intangible and I had to be creative on how to get it. Like a kid wanted a full dinosaur, like a big real dinosaur. So I condensed that now and got him like a Godzilla toy. Um, any kid who asked for a gun, I replaced that with a, a, a basketball or a football or a soccer ball instead of, you know, getting something that's like shooting someone, how it's something we can, we can be with together and we can, uh, you know, have that camaraderie versus being versus, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say there, there was so many different things, a lot of dolls, um, Actually, what was really cool is a lot of kids asked for books and I'm big on books. So that was really cool. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Um, but even before that, so we're going to, we're bouncing around your website a little bit here okay. for you know transparency purposes. You did this, uh, the peace bus breakfast fund. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, that was a really good uh, journey to, to, to indulge in. Um, in March, in March, 2020, I was going to have the premiere of my TV show, the pilot episode. Right. I had um, rented out a theater, the Blue Mouse Theater down here in Proctor District, and we were good to go. The, one, the weekend, I believe, of the 22nd, I was going to invite the community to come out and see the pilot episode for free and give out Peace Bus merchandise and just have a good old time. And COVID hit. And I was like, oh, well, we can't do this. You know, the biggest priority is to make sure kids are safe. So we're canceling. Right. But in that time, that weekend we were going to have the premiere, I thought to myself, well, there must be another way I can serve my community. I went on the News Tribune website, was sort of scrolling through as, you know, we do and looking at different stories. They came across a story that said that lots of students and families that uh, use the school system for breakfast and lunch consequently weren't going to be able to get them because the Tacoma School District was doing a good job of having designated areas where people could come and get food. But what about mm-hmm. the kids who can't get there? How do they get food? And so I thought to myself, well, I'm going to bring it to them. I'll, I'll use a peace bus, that space that I have, and bring food. But I thought to myself, well, I'm not a restaurant. I don't have to 
credentials and the and the the the, the, the different things that to, to transfer food. What's up? But you had that little girl with the pan. She could have been your chef. Wow, Scott! If I would have known, if I would have known, yeah. But oh wait, oh, this was before that. Never mind. We didn't know. That. I, I got my yeah. Okay. Next time. Next time. I'll, I'll get next it. time. <laughs> um, and so I thought, well, I can transfer non-perishable items. And so that's where the Peace Bus Breakfast Fund started. And I announced on social media. I had my brother take some pictures of me holding cereal in front of the bus and put that on social media, announcing that anyone in the greater Tacoma area could text me and I can meet them where they're at, whether that's their house or an address, wherever they want. And I'd give them cereal, a few boxes of cereal, and it blew up. I was getting texts, multiple texts every day between the hours of 7.30 and about 11, 10.30, 11. I was out like a milkman would go and I would deliver cereal to kids, to families. That's Okay, so I have to ask now, because I'm kind of this pragmatic guy and I always have to reverse, you know, I got to tear things apart, if you will. You have a day job. I'm assuming it's a day job. <laughs> yeah. Is is your employer, like, are they supportive? Because yeah. like, if you're out, if you were out delivering food, you might, somebody might think you should, you should be at work during those business hours. So employer supportive yes they were i recently got a new job before the last five years i've been a mental health counselor so basically my schedule when i have a client i'm there when i don't have a client i'm not obligated to be in-house so i'll be able to mold my schedule around me delivering or doing humanitarian aid in general which was really a blessing uh, my the CEO of the company that I worked for was really supportive. Actually, they had le- allowed me to use one of their studios there at the facility to film some of the the Peace Bus show, which was really oh, cool. very good. very cool. All right, so let's talk about let's even though this isn't Washington State related, I think I'd, I'd like to hear more of the story. So you took the bus to Mexico, the border of Mexico. We we yeah, almost went in, but we didn't go in. Yeah, so. On your website, you've got some videos and oh gosh, and they're yeah, they're they're <laughs> and in the first one, you guys look pretty tired, and you did kind of say it was like one or two in the morning. Yeah, you guys are all looking pretty like worn out. So we won't we won't. <laughs> but along the way, uh, how was the journey? I mean, elaborate on the journey. Please. Yes, yes. So. When I announced on social media that I was going to be going to the border of Mexico to interview Border Patrol agents, um, yeah, which is wild. I had called San Diego Border Patrol and asked them if I could come and interview them. They're like, no, who are you? And I was like, yeah, who am I? Like, I'm just this kid from Tacoma. Why could I even think I could come down and interview you guys? But we went anyway. And our budget was maybe 2500 bucks between 2500 and 3000 Not a lot of money. We stayed with host families. Now, along the way... We were delivering socks to people in need in major cities in California. We were giving out in San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego, and some other places coming back home. And to cut on funds, we stayed with host families. So people who didn't know us at all, but were fans of the Peace Bus and allowed us to stay with them in various cities. And that's where the love was found. Yes, we were were sharing love, and we were able to have really good, thoughtful conversations with people uh, talking about peace. But really, if anyone was ever thinking that love is gone, it's not the case. We stayed with strangers. They gave us food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We had good 
wholesome conversations about where we can go and moving forward progressively in this nation. And and it really inspired us. We we stayed on a dairy farm in Nampa, Idaho. Never been to Nampa, Idaho before. It's kind of like, you know, the boonies, right? Okay. With a, a, a dairy farmer and, and his wife, Connie and Hans Bruin, the most gentle, kindest people I have ever met. We stayed with them in, and we stayed in the barn and we got to meet the cattle and the chickens. And we had so much good conversation. This love, love, just love. That's, that's amazing. One thing I, I'm, one thing I'm hearing you say is, you know, you're a kid from Tacoma, why, but you just do it. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us, we stop ourselves from doing things because I'm just a guy from Tacoma. I'm just, you know, whatever. And you're doing this. And I'd like to ask this question of guests and, and I'm going to try to modify it with you because the word I normally use is fail. And that's not the word I want to use here, but what have you tried with, with the peace bus project that didn't work like you thought it might, because I bet you, if I bet you tried something and I bet you learned, I'm guessing that the lesson learned on the the back end of it is really impactful. For sure. Am I, am I right? Yeah, you're for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Oh. Uh, trial, and error, <laughs> trial and error, right? You try something. Uh, don't be apprehensive behind it. You try it, you see what happens during the breakfast fund. I had this idea of inviting kids across the country to send me letters about peace, what they've done for peace. And I would write them back. Now I got, okay. I got maybe like, 50 letters, not a lot. It was the first time I had done something with asking kids and people to send me uh, letters. Um, and it didn't do too well. It didn't do too well. There was not a lot of incentive behind it. Um, you know, I would give them maybe a few stickers or whatnot. But what that did, it created the basis for Santa Slay, when I invited kids in the community to send me letters about what they've done and then to get a gift. So I was better equipped to do Santa Slay by doing the, the Quabby letters. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think there we go. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, as I'm scrolling through your website, some of the videos are auto playing. So it's a little like it's catching my eye. I'm like, Oh, what's going on here? Currently, currently where are things at? What are you doing yeah. at the time of this recording? What's going on? What are you working on right now? I'm getting prepared for our next humanitarian aid campaign. It will be the biggest massive humanitarian aid campaign I've ever organized or created. It's called uh, Manifest Humanity, right? Okay. So in this next campaign, I will be inviting the entire Puget Sound community to be um, donating books, peace books. I have handpicked 40 books ranging from the ages of five to college age books that I feel encompass love, peace, understanding, kindness, um, informing us on racism, informing us on hunger and and poverty. And it's I'm going to be distributing these books across the country, starting in Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. In August, I'll be driving and taking the peace bus along with a small crew, a documentarian, event coordinator, people like this, and mm-hmm. traveling across to Washington, D.C. in an effort to meet with President Joe Biden to have a discussion with him about what we can do to bring the nation together in peace. Now, along the way, I'm going to be delivering these books to kids all over the country, stopping in various cities and giving speeches about love and compassion. 
That's a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how are you, how are you obtaining the books and how, are, I mean, not to be a logistical guy, but the peace bus isn't that big and it can't carry that much weight. Yes. Books are heavy. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just true. unless yeah. you're giving away Kindle books. Correct. Um, Correct. So, so how, what we're going to do. Okay. So May 2nd, May 2nd, people will be able to donate the books on Kwabi's peace reading list to the Tacoma Public Library. Every branch will be a drop-off center, as well as Elliott Bay Book Company in Seattle, Washington. If people up in Seattle, they want to donate as well. They want to contribute. They can donate there, so they don't have to come all the way to Tacoma to donate. And I will be renting a massive U-Haul truck. So there will be there will be the massive U-Haul truck where we'll fit in all the books. I will be uh, re- getting an RV as well uh either an RV or a massive van, and then we will hitch the peace bus on an auto transport behind the van. And this is the thing. So we've done this before, not necessarily with the U-Haul van, but to the trip to Mexico, we did the same thing. We hitched the peace bus to a, a truck, and we used that in order to go to various cities. Once we are at the city, we unhitch the peace bus and drive that around. But I know the peace bus isn't going to make it by itself all the way to Washington, D.C., so we want to be smart about it and logistical like you explained, you know. Okay. So how long is this journey going? How long do you anticipate this trek to take? Yeah. What what have you booked out? 25 to 27 days. Sometime in between there, we will drive. Mm -hmm. um, And some cities will stay for a couple of nights. Some cities just, some cities just a night. And we will, when we get to DC, I have us, I actually have us in New York for 9-11. So I want to do, give some speeches on 9-11 about, um, how nonviolence and just really honing in on the ramifications of violence as we know what happened on 9-11 is to understand how it's so vital that we must have the discussion of how we're going to create a more nonviolent world. Um, but when we get to D.C., we'll be there for a few days and hopefully catch Biden. We'll see. And then we'll all fly back home and I'll ship the peace bus back home. OK. Logistical guy here. What? let's just, let's just put this out there. I'm going to, I'm going to make an assumption that you, you haven't talked to president Biden yet. You guys haven't exchanged texts or tweets or, you know, anything like that. You are, the goal is to speak with him. Yes. Have you been able to arrange contact with someone in, in the, in his, in the white house? No. So this is my goal. So in the first week of May, so I will be announcing this May 2nd, the first week of May, I will be meeting with Derek Kilmer, one of our U S representatives here. And to explain to him the manifest destiny campaign, uh, manifest humanity campaign. And I hope Mm -hmm. that through that, he'll be able to link me with hopefully Jay uh, Inslee, governor Mm -hmm. Inslee and create this essence of, of a trail, if you will, uh, to get to Biden. So that's my goal. Oftentimes, when you come with the premise of peace, doors are unlocked. When I went down to the border of Mexico, still with the no of the San Diego Border Patrol, I called them again. I was persistent. They were interested in the bus. They weren't interested in what I had to say. They were interested in the bus. You have a peace bus? Why? What? Let's see it. And so through that, they were able to see the bus and then they opened their hearts to having conversation. And I hope that there'll be the same thing with President Biden. I'm, I'm going to suggest that we just put that out there to our listeners. If anybody might have a connection in their speed dial to help 
you know, those six degrees of Kevin Bacon game, if you will, there's, we've got to be six degrees away from Joe Biden. I, I, if we can be six degrees from Kevin Bacon, we have to be somehow we have to be six degrees from the president. So if anybody's listening to this and it's before this event, so early summer, please reach out and we're going to put links at the bottom here so that they can find you and all that stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but I just like to say, let's, let's see if we can ask. I mean, there we go. That would be great. Appreciate it. Anyone, yeah. Anyone out here in the interwebs that wants to to connect to figure out how I can get in contact with Biden. Um, I'd like to address the institutions of violence as well as violence world over um, and especially honing in on our nation. There's so much violence as we see in the media. What are we mm-hmm. going to do about it? How come we can't have the discussion about violence, right? If if we are in the business of feeling safe, being safe, us and our family, why isn't it the main discussion at hand, right? Absolutely. I'm going to ask you to disclose a couple of these books that you've hand-selected since we're recording. This is going to go live right about the time that you've launched this, so it's okay. not a big reveal. Mm-hmm. But give us an example. Like, give me an example for a, a, a children's book, if you will, Okay. and then let's go up to the college age. Okay. You know, those two, those twins. Gotcha. So the number, number one on the list is the Peace Book by Todd Parr. Now, this is for ages five to six. And it does a very careful job of explaining what peace means. It talks about peace is every child or every person having pizza, having something to eat, right? Which is, you know, for a kid that conceptualize, oh, like, you know, everyone having some food, right? Everyone having a home to go to. Peace is a hug, embracing, showing love to those around you. Peace is listening to all different kinds of music, right? It is, it, and it truly, truly is to expand one's mind uh, one's mind of, and the knowledge of others and to have cultural understanding of people other than yourself is really instrumental to creating that bond and that familiarity with others. Um, and so that's that's a really good one. I've actually read that book at the, at the um, Children's Museum here in Tacoma. I've also read the book in various elementary schools. It's it's an amazing book that everyone even ki- I mean, kids can learn. Adults can learn as well. So, okay. I would say that's that's the main one for the children and there, there's a lot of good ones, but that's like peace 101 for children. Okay. Peace 101 for adults. Now, there's three different kinds of peace. There's inner peace, interpersonal peace, and then diplomatic peace. And I think that everyone should have somewhat of a concept of diplomatic peace. Why is it that there are third world countries and first world countries. Why is is that? And what are the ways in which we can liberate third world countries into the first world and and create a better basis of life for every human being? Um, and the the book that I really hone in on as far as the college is is Why Nations Fail by James A. Robinson. This book talks about why that is. Why are there certain countries being held back and where does the the ability to have more uh, freedom in these first world countries come from? And I don't want to get too much into it. I mean, people will have to read the book. But the hypothesis is through inclusive institutions. For example, here in the U.S., every kid is obligated to go to school, right? It's not like that everywhere in the world. To think that every kid is, you are your responsibility is to go to school and learn, right? Now, I, I would say that it we in our country, we need to have uh, equality of education. Every child has 
deserves to have a good quality education and we'll have more inclusivity through that, through that implementation. But having a basis rule that every kid needs to go to school that creates a, a wealth of knowledge for every child. And consequently, as they get older, they're able to contribute to society, create more wealth for themselves and their family, yada, yada, that creates a better uh, first world uh, basis, you know, so mm-hmm. book goes into those th- sort of things. Thank you for those two books. Those, those will put, you know, I'm making finger point, you know, down below here, there, <laughs> wherever you're listening to this, there'll be some links. So when you're not doing peace bus activities, you live in Tacoma. Hmm. What do you like to do with yourself? I'll show you. What do you, what do you, okay. He has, he gets up and walks away, folks. He's stepped away from the microphone <coughs> and he's back. Oh, guitar. Yeah. Play guitar. And how long have you been playing guitar? Um, since college, since uh, freshman year, um, I played the cello. Uh, growing up for about, oof, gosh, maybe like 11 years I played the cello. And Did you play in the, in the Tacoma Youth Symphony? I played the Tacoma Youth Symphony. I played in the uh, Curtis High School Symphony. I played in a okay. small children's quartet. My parents wanted me to be a cellist. They, they like invested in it. They bought me a $4,000 cello. They thought that was going to be my life. Little did they know that peace was coming. But okay, so... <laughs> But in college and freshman year, I, you know, as I told you, I love reggae music. It's my, it's my passion, yes. everything about it. In fact, reggae music has inspired me to do a lot of work that I do now. And okay. cello and reggae music don't really mix too well. So I thought, well, I should teach myself how to play guitar so I can play reggae music. And that's what I learned. That's why I learned. So you, you mentioned your parents. So I, I guess maybe this is a safe question to ask. How do your, what do your parents think about what you're doing? Yeah. So my dad is a, has a doctorate in engineering. He worked for the Department of Ecology here in Washington for a certain number of years. He just recently retired. My mom has two master's degrees and a year on her doctorate. Very, very knowledgeable people. And when I first told them that I wanted to go to Europe with these peace posters, talk to people about peace, my mom was like, just don't do it. Like there's you, you, that's super dangerous. Don't do this. And I, you know, me being rebellious young guy, I was like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And (laughs) gradually, gradually, my parents came along. And now my mom is one of my biggest advocates. My dad is one of my biggest advocates, as well as my brother. That's awesome. You mentioned college. Where did you go to school at? So I went a couple of different places. I went to Western Washington University at first, flunked out. I was doing too much reggae music. I was in a band and I was like, I'm going to be a reggae musician. This is my life. So my mom actually came up to Bellingham, was like, you're going to come home, get your head on straight. So I came home, went to TCC for a little bit, got my GPA back up, transferred to the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. That's really where I got interested in trying to figure out how I can help others. And then from there, I went to City University of Seattle for my master's. Very cool. That's a, that's a good journey. So let's talk about reggae music for a second then. So you were in a reggae band in Bellingham. Yeah, I was in a reggae band called Aya. It was me and uh, four other guys. Yeah, Carl Olson, Eddie Pace, and Aaron Consker. Yeah, it was a great, great, great deal, man. Great deal. I, I still, I'm I'm struggling to connecting the dots between cello and reggae. So I, I, I get it. I'm struggling. <laughs> but the cello is a great instrument. And it, you, I, you must have an excellent musical foundation because of you know, if you were in the Tacoma Youth Symphony and all that, my my son was in that for a little while. And um, what did he play? He played bass- he played bassoon, Ooh, nice. and he 
he just didn't like it. It just, you know, it, it just, we all wished, we all wanted it more than he did is the, is the honest truth. You know, he just, we all wanted it more for him than, than he wanted it. And he's found his own path, you know, which is great. That's what you got to do with your kids. You got to let them, you got to be supportive and, you know, let them find the, the, the peace bus that for them, yeah. what, whatever it is. So I said, that's the thing I think about your, your situation and your, your journey is it's, it's you. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you just, you kind of, it kind of radiates out of you. I mean, this is an audio program, but you can literally see rate, you know, peace radiating out of this person. <laughs> um, I, I'm not joking. He, you just very, you seem very passionate and comfortable talking about this. So it's just, it is obviously a great fit for you. Thank you. <laughs> so you're playing guitar. Yes. What else in Tacoma? Like, are you a coffee drinker? No, I hate coffee. I don't like what, the way it tastes. I never like. And the end of the the episode has ended. Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's strange. You hate. You hate coffee. Yeah, I don't like it. It doesn't taste. Okay. Okay, it's fine. Right. Let's think about this, Scott. So the basis of coffee, the taste, is bitter, right? Like that's like Correct. people come to coffee when it's black, it's bitter, and like bitter to me doesn't taste good. It's not flavorful. It's it's it doesn't taste good, and so. In order for me to have the coffee taste good, I add sugar or I add cream. But at the end of the day, it's still coffee. And so it like I can still taste the coffee. So I'm like, I don't like it. If coffee was hot chocolate, okay. I'd be game. I'd love it, but it's not. How about lunch in Tacoma? Where's a great place for our audience to to check out in Tacoma? I know COVID, don't tell me that, but pre-COVID, where did you like to go for lunch? Oh, I, I still go to this place, Tatanka, Tatanka. Um, they sell, um, yeah. yeah, Yes, it's not as heavy, you know, as like beef and it doesn't stay in your gut, make you feel bloated and it tastes fantastic. Yeah. So when you're there, what do you like? What, what, what's the go-to, go-to <laughs> meal? The bison melt always got to go with the bison melt. You know, it's between two wheat patties. So it's not, you know, you're not getting something that's too unhealthy in regards to the, the bread and the right. meat's good. And then I always get the spuds. Always get the, the potato spuds to fill me up. And it's always good. Yeah. And always get Swiss cheese. They're going to ask you what kind of cheese you want. You always get Swiss cheese with the, with the bison melt. Okay. There you have it, folks. Bison melt with Swiss cheese. Mm. What else in Tacoma do you do? What do you do for fun besides guitar? You, you, uh-huh. In some of your videos, I got to say, in some of your videos, it looks like you work out. Yes. I used to be a bodybuilder. I used to be a bo- bodybuilder for about three years. Um, okay. It was the most important thing in my life. And then I started kind of gravitating towards my piece uh, campaigning. But um, I Arnold Schwarzenegger was my main hero. I went, I took his workouts to a T and me and my workout partner, Daniel, would do his workouts. We were in the gym about five hours every day, maybe two days we'd give out, get out in the week just to rest. And we were on a strict meal plan. And so I was doing that. And then, you know, COVID hit. So I, I was out of the gym, haven't been back since, um, but I've been vaccinated. So I'm hopefully to go back, maybe I'll give it maybe a couple of weeks and then I'll head back. And I definitely want to get my workout partner back again. So what was it about uh, being a bodybuilder that intrigued you? Cause that's, a, that's, man, that's, that's focus and dedication and, and mm-hmm. discipline. Yes. Well, I have those things and I wasn't, so I had the ambition and the passion to do something and I was trying to figure out how to funnel it to something. And I didn't have 
the peace campaigning thing going. So I was like, well, if I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, I can, I can lift these weights. And so instead of indulging in something that could be self-destructive or indulging in something that's not necessarily for my betterment, I thought, well, let me better my body and let me, to, let me hone in on health. And I transfer this passion towards that. And then eventually, you know, getting into understanding of who I am as a person, as all young people eventually do, um, or I guess are trying to do. I started easing up on the lifting. I still lifted weights. Trust me, I was still lifting, but I wasn't necessarily trying to like be Arnold big. You you weren't you weren't replicating the Arnold workout. What, so yeah. what is? Give us a sample of what was a, a an Arnold Schwarzenegger workout like? Because there's this video, the video of you guys, your first night on the on the Mexico trip. You're sitting there in a tank top, and your arms are huge. <laughs> I was just like, this is this guy? I mean, he's a, he, I didn't know you were a bodybuilder. I'm like. What on earth? I mean, yeah. it works, folks. Whatever he's going to share with you will work. <laughs> it will work. Yeah. There is total proof. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so what Arnold did, he was really big on the aspect of tricking your muscles, right? So when I was in the gym, when me and Daniel would hit the gym, every day was a different day. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do this, like leg day, arm day, and whatnot. But we would have bicep day. We'd have tricep day. We would have uh, ab day was every day. Um, mm -hmm. leg day, shoulder day. Um, and in these days, any workout that you're doing, we would do five sets, right? So say, say we go in for chest and we're doing, uh, incline bench, you know, you're on the incline bench and you're doing some weight. We would never do the same weight twice and you would never know what weight is coming next. So as me, I say, I'm, say I'm on the, doing a, a set is Daniel on one end. We'd have another guy we, we call We had a, another bodybuilder there. I would do a set and we'd go to failure, right? You're not thinking, oh, let me get 10 this time. You're doing as many as you can do before failure. You drop the weight, they put on weight. You don't know what they're putting on. You go again, not knowing what is to come and you crank it as much as you can. This tricks the muscle into growing because it doesn't know what to expect. And you're not thinking, well, am I going to make it to the next set? Don't worry about it. Hit it as hard as you can now. Think in the moment and don't give up. You, you try as hard every single set. So there's some life lessons there, I think, by the way. <laughs> True. <laughs> I got to say, there's just some, like, you, you got some life lessons. You just, mm -hmm. you just. Every set. <laughs> well, and you never know what's coming. So you go as hard as you can because you don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, share something with our guests. Well, we'll we're going to wrap this up here. So share something with our guests about Tacoma that you are particularly you think is particularly cool. Like, Ooh, why? Like if you were the, if you were the chamber of commerce and you had to come up with an ad campaign for Tacoma and you're going to feature something like what's cool about Tacoma to you. There's this guy named, I, I don't know his last name, but he goes by Ricky loves painting and he does mm -hmm. these murals all over Tacoma that are magnificent on Sixth Avenue, sort of near MSM uh, sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing food there. Um, he has a love mural and I passed by, if you're on sixth Avenue, you'll see it and it's magnificent. Actually, uh, we filmed a little bit of our show, the peace bus show there. Uh, I've had several interviews, whether that's through the news or other people there at the mural. It's a, just a sight to see. It's beautiful to see. Um, and I think that why not, why not promote love? Why not promote peace? We should do it more so than uh, than we do now. 
And uh, I think that it's an, it's an incredible gem, as I would say, in Tacoma. All right. For people to find you online, why don't you go ahead and share the best ways to reach you so that they can follow along on your journey, hopefully maybe contribute something to the journey along the way, an introduction to President Biden, you know, donate some books, things like that. Where can people find you? For sure. The best way to reach me, there's two best ways, two best ways. One best way is to reach out to me on Instagram at the peace bus. It's simple enough, just at the peace bus. And you can also email me at the peace bus, O-R-G at gmail.com. The peace bus, O-R-G at gmail.com. If you email me, I'll get back to you. And especially if you message me on Instagram, I will get back to you. I love talking about peace. If you want to message me and we could just talk about peace, I'm down to talk about it as well. So um, if you want to donate, great. If you want to talk about peace, I'm just as excited. Well, fantastic. I really appreciate your time today. I really love the message that you've got and I'm excited to follow along and see, see how this next, this thing goes. Mm-hmm. Cause it's going to be, it, it's going to be interesting at a, the very minimum. I'm <laughs> really curious. I, I really hope that you are able to, um, well, I don't want to say succeed, like meeting the president's success. Cause mm-hmm. I think along the way, those conversations might end up being even more impactful. Correct. Those, whatever town Topeka, if you stop in Topeka, Kansas, I don't know where your your journey is, but you spend an afternoon in Topeka, Kansas, that might be amazing as well. All the other stops on the way there and back. It's, it's, it's like this. This is the way I see it. If I meet with the president, cool. If I don't cool, the idea, the idea is sort of, you know, Johnny Appleseed, right? So Johnny Appleseed planted apple seeds in the Midwest. And consequently, now there's tons of apple trees in the Midwest. The same goes for manifest humanity. If we can plant seeds of peace and goodness with kids reading the material of love and compassion, hopefully when they grow old, they will have a heart to help others and to have a passion for coming together in peace. And that's the goal. And I hope to achieve that. Let's just end on that, folks. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.